Today is day five, 54 days of shaking and change. I, I've never, myself personally, I've never been in a window of, of prophetic insight quite the way this has, has come. I, every week I'm like, Lord, what do you, what do you have to say? And uh, it's kind of been a unique experience, but I feel like the Lord is really directing us into a time that He has planned for, for the ages. And uh, it's so strategic. He gave me a vision three years ago about a shaking that is described in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28 and 29. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. We are certainly seeing that happen. It's hard to even, even for my mind, to get around that it's only been 50, 49 days. It seems like so much has happened in the last 49 days. Shaking is going on all over the world. It's happening. But remnant or ecclesia, remember, don't get shook. It's not about us because we are a part of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. He did not say it won't be shaken. He said it can't be shaken. We're a part of something that cannot be shaken. The ecclesia is, uh, is going to stand and stand strong. It's going to emerge from this and it's going to become who, who our God says that it is to be. On February 6th of, of uh, this past month, Holy Spirit said, the shaking vision that you received three years ago is now going to accelerate through March. And he showed me a calendar, and February and March were highlighted on the calendar. And from February 6th through March 31, there was only one word on each square, and that was the word change. Every day, change. And every day we have seen change taking place. Major changes have happened in our nation and our world from February 6th until today. In this vision, quickly, remember that I saw portions of the White House being shaken. It wasn't completely shaken down, but as in an earthquake, certain parts of a building might fall off and it has to be repaired. I saw the White House being shaken. I saw the office of the president being shaken. I saw uh, Capitol Hill being shaken. The House and the Senate were being shaken by, by this spiritual earthquake. I saw state capitals being shaken. I saw nation's capitals being shaken, especially Ottawa, was, was um, a part of it, Canada's capital. And of course, that was two weeks before the truckers ever went in and Ottawa was shaken. I saw universities and schools being shaken. And of course, our schools have been uh, shaken. God said, I will shake this. I'm going to expose evil that is being taught. And uh, that was three years ago. But on February 6, five weeks ago, he says, now it accelerates. And that, of course, is happening. 
He said big tech was, would be shaken. Big tech has lost billions of dollars since February 6th. He said the media would be shaken, and that is happening. Remember, a media giant will fall, he said. And now we have seen just two weeks ago, CNN, uh, a giant has fallen. CNN was sold, uh, was sold to a conservative group, which must chafe them pretty good. And uh, now change is going to happen there. So we're seeing all of this happen in front of our eyes. Prophetic dreams, visions, prophecies, and scriptures we have claimed are happening. There's no way to talk about all of that uh, and all of the change the last few weeks, but it's truly incredible. It is about, remember, shaking the ecclesia, the true church, free to be who Christ tells us we are supposed to be. It's about us stepping up beside of Christ, who is stepping to center stage, and uh, us reigning with Him in a new outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It's about revival. It's about the greatest harvest. The shaking is not our undoing, Holy Spirit said. It is your loosing. So Holy Spirit is prophesying into our times right now, which is designed to give us great hope, is designed to raise our faith and activate delegated authority at levels that, have, that we've never operated in before. Now, back on day 26 of this window, I talked to you about a vision that I was given two and a half years ago when I was in Dallas, Texas. I want to retell a brief part of, of that vision because it has now happened and we've got to see that and discern our times. Remember, you have to go back and relook at prophetic words, relook at them, and, and it will start to connect the dots for you. You'll start to be able to put another piece together and begin to discern our times. In this vision, I was traveling uh, an interstate highway. The name of the highway was the American Way. It was like an interstate. And I had the sense that, that this was a very famous highway. It was a very, very highly traveled highway. It was like the interstate highways that we're on all the time going in every direction. This highway, this interstate called the American Way, it did go, remember, to Washington, D.C., but it did not go through Washington, D.C. It stopped outside of, of D.C. and connected into a bypass around it. It was a huge bypass, six lanes or so. But, but this it connected to the bypass, but it did not go through, and that was significant to me in this vision. So I'm going down this, this highway, and I begin to notice the great big green signs that announce things that are coming up. This way to such and such a town, this way to a, maybe a restaurant or gas station, those sorts of things. 
But these signs did not read any of that. Uh, it was it, all those signs said, and they all said the same thing was, U-turns this exit. U-turn this exit. One after the other, U-turn this exit. So this interstate was built with U-turn possibilities clearly uh, posted. And then I heard this word of the Holy Spirit, U-turns are en route to the American way. U-turns have been planned to enter states. U-turns have been planned to enter states. New ways to different destinations will now appear rerouting through freedom states. Holy Spirit specifically used that, those two words, freedom states. My highways will be followed to places of reset. My kingdom government is entering states to influence and reconnect to covenants. And the covenant resets, now entering freedom states, will influence U-turns in national governments. And I knew in this vision something is beginning to happen in these freedom states. There's, there's something happening in them to bypass Washington, D.C., Something is happening in these freedom states that will bypass D.C., but yet it will happen in such a way that it will change things in D.C. Something will, something's happening to bypass the crazy impasse going on in D.C. Now, I'm not sure, that all, I'm not sure all of what that means, but God is up to something. He is giving wisdom to bypass the loons, to change things, the ecclesia has prayed and decreed. Well, this past week, something started to happen. I got a text message from one of my prophet friends. The national file reports this. North Dakota is now considering legislation that will require the state to examine every executive order signed by Biden to determine its constitutionality, potentially nullifying the majority of Biden's decrees within the state. North, North Dakota's legislators plan to stop or nullify Biden's executive orders at the state level. Holy Spirit is very smart. He knows what he's doing. Wow, just, just bypass it. Just do it a different way. Just bypass it. Week before it happens, Holy Spirit says, it's going to happen. And I believe this is the first of, of many states. I believe it's the start of a lot of bypassing. I wonder, 
Well, I wonder what else these freedom states will bypass. We'll drill if we want to. We'll sell it wherever we want to sell it. We won't kill babies. We won't fund it. I don't know all that's happening, but I know Holy Spirit's brilliant, and I know He knows how to bypass evil decrees. I know He knows what's coming up, and I know how He knows how to get it done. He knows how to use states to stop some things, and He promised, I'm going to use freedom states to bypass D.C. Again, I don't know all of what that is, but somehow He's going to use that to influence change in our nation's capital. Now, today is day five of the days left. There are five days left of the shaking and the change. Two weeks ago, this would be day 19, I gave you a prophetic word stating this. We are moving into days in this window of power being amped up to much higher levels in the New Testament church. Power's amping up. Miracles are amping up. The word of the Lord was, believe me for miracles. Believe me for healing miracles. Specifically, Holy Spirit said this, the Lord of hosts decrees. The loosing of my ecclesia includes the loosing of miracles Believe me for miracles. Believe me for long-awaited miracles. Believe me for notable miracles. Believe me for notable deliverance. This week, Holy Spirit said to me, press into this. Press into this assignment. And so I intend to do that this morning. There's an event that takes place in Acts chapter 3 and chapter 4 shortly after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. Peter and John were going to the temple at three, for the 3 o'clock prayer meeting that day. They passed through the temple gate that is called the Gate Beautiful, where there was a lame man that was laying there at that gate, begging for alms, begging for money. The, the lame man, he was lame from birth, and we are simply told he was over 40 years of age. Every day, his family would bring him and lay him at this gate to beg for money. Hundreds of thousands of people had passed by this this lame man for decades. Jesus himself had passed by this man many times. The disciples, they had passed by this, this man many times, but on this day, Holy Spirit was emphasizing something to the first ecclesia in the Jerusalem church. He was emphasizing miracles. Believe for miracles. Believe for miracles. Press into the miraculous realm. Press into the miraculous healing realm. Press in in Jesus' name. Peter and John heard this word of the Holy Spirit. And they obeyed him 
Peter, it says, fastened his eyes on this lame man and said, look up here at us. And the lame man looked up expecting to receive uh, a, a donation. But Peter says, I'm not giving you silver. I'm not giving you gold. I've got something that money cannot buy you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. And then Peter, being very bold, reached down and grabbed hold of this man's hands and pulled him to his feet. And immediately, it says, his feet, his ankle bones received strength. And this man began to run and jump around the temple, just running and, and shouting, who wouldn't? After 40 years, if I could, I know I'd have, I'd have been running and jumping. Well, the people who had come to the temple, who had seen this man for decades, lay by this gate, probably had donated to him some, somehow, they were absolutely astounded at what they were seeing. This lame man, they all knew he's now running and jumping. Well, amazingly, the religious leaders, the priests, the Pharisees, Sadducees, they didn't like this. They were afraid this is going to, this is going to hurt our influence. And they didn't like what they saw happening, and they thought, we got to do something. And so they have Peter and John arrested for healing this guy. Something, something they should have been thankful for, but no. To them, this was awful. They had him arrested. And Peter and John spent that night in jail. The next morning, they were called before the religious council. And the council said to them, by what authority have you done this? And Peter and John, who no doubt had had about enough, spending a night in jail. Why, what authority have you done this? And they said, we did it in the name of Jesus whom you crucified, but God raised from the dead. We did it in his name. We did it in the resurrected Lord of glory's name who raised from the dead. You killed him, God brought him back to life. Well, they didn't like this in your face kind of thing. And so they decided what we're going to do is intimidate Peter and John into silence. And they said to them, we forbid you to do this any longer. Do not do it anymore. And Peter and John spoke up, and I'm paraphrasing, but, but they said, you can't, you can't shake us. We're not going to be intimidated by you. We're going to do whatever our king tells us to do. Whenever he tells us to do it, we will not be silent. Which, of course, is the attitude of the apostolic in our day. We're not going to be silent no matter what they say. Well, the council gets together. And they, they begin to say, what can we do? I mean, what, what are we going to do with these guys if we hurt them? The crowd's going to be mad at us. This is not going to go over well. And so Acts chapter 4, verse 15, starts this way, New King James Version. 
But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do with these men? For indeed, that a notable miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. In other words, it's obvious. We cannot deny what has happened. It's too obvious. And we're going to have to let these guys go. And they did. Now, 2,000 years later, we are in another apostolic age. We, the ecclesia, is in another time when another season when Holy Spirit outpouring from heaven is now coming upon us and Holy Spirit is now saying to us, press in to the miraculous realm, press in to the miraculous healing realm, believe me for miracles in Jesus' name, believe me for notable miracles. Um, Acts chapter 4, verse 16 in the Amplified Bible, it reads this way, saying, What are we to do with these men? For that an extraordinary miracle has been performed through them is plain to all the residents of Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. The voice translation reads, An unexpected, unexpected or unexplained sign has been done by these men, the Passion Bible reads, everyone can clearly see they have performed a sign and a wonder. Kenneth Darby's translation reads, an evident sign has come to pass. Murdoch's translation reads, a manifest sign has been wrought and we cannot deny it. New Living Translation we cannot deny they have performed a miraculous sign and everyone in town knows about it. J.B. Rotherham's reads, a notable sign has come to pass through them and we cannot deny it. The word notable, it is the Greek word nostos and nostos means known. It means great, means knowable, means to perceive, it means recognizable, it means capable of being known. In other words, they are miracles that, that anyone can perceive, anybody can perceive, is a miracle. It's clearly knowable as a miracle. It's it's recognizably a miracle, and nobody can deny it. Anyone can see that. So nostos refers to a very clear, very visible, and great miracle. Now nostos is derived from nostan, and it means that which is known to be from God. It means, nostan means only God power. Nostan means only God possibilities. Only God manifestations. Only God workings. 
Only God accomplishments. Only God actions. Only God deeds. In other words, notable miracles are miracles only God can do, and everybody has to say so. Everybody has to admit it. It's undeniable. It's God action on the earth you can't deny. It's God's power manifesting through his apostles, his heirs, his ecclesia that is so clear you can't deny it. You have to admit it. It's a sign that says God did this. God did it. Like paralyzed people running after 40 years. You have to, you can't deny it. God did that. Everybody in town knows only God could do that. Holy Spirit is saying you are now moving into days when notable miracles are accelerating forward through kingdom ecclesias, New Testament churches. They're flowing into towns, cities, regions, states, nations, religions, and they're going to be forced to admit God did that. They'll be forced to say only Jehovah could do that. Only, it could only have happened in the name of the resurrected Lord of glory. It could only happen through a functioning kingdom on this earth in the name of its king, Jesus. Holy Spirit is saying, I want you to believe me for supernatural power, the supernatural power of the living God to come into your churches or into your ecclesias, into your meetings, into your life. Believe me for God possibilities, things only he could do, possibilities only he could do. I want you to begin to believe me for his possibilities to be done. Believe for God action to start being released among you. Believe for God manifestations. Believe for God deeds. Believe for God accomplishments to flow through your life. Believe for God accomplishments to flow through your ecclesias. Believe for notable miracles to get the intent, attention of your towns, your cities, to get the attention of the nation. Believe for God possibilities and notable miracles to grab the prodigal's attentions and bring them back to Father's house. Believe for notable miracles to activate among you so that the unbelievers are drawn, so that the harvest is drawn. Believe for healings. Believe for deliverance. Believe for U-turns. Believe for supernatural turnarounds. Believe change is coming. Believe God never lies. Believe hell doesn't stand a chance. Start believing me for supernatural God acts in your meetings. Start believing me on Sunday morning for God accomplishments to be seen. So clear that the whole town and region has to say, that was God and it was only God. I believe we're moving into times when the whole nation is going to have to say, God did that. On February 23, which was day 37 of this window, I had a very unusual dream. 
I don't have very many dreams, you know, for God giving me instructions through dreams. Most of my life, it has been through visions. It's pretty common for me to, to be caught up in a vision and hear things of the Spirit or see things in a vision way, but dreams are not, not normal uh, because I'm too young. Oh, men dream dreams. Anyway, I'd been pondering the days of shaking, the days of change, this window, and I was praying into it on this, this day 37. And uh, I began to pray about healings and miracles, and, and I, I even then, I hadn't taught this yet or started teaching about it, but I knew it was something there, and Holy Spirit was prompting me. And I was pondering and praying. I was just right before I, I went to bed. Or actually, I was in bed just thinking about it, praying about it, and praying about Jesus taking center stage and, and the U-turns and the boomerang, the historic change. I was praying for what God wanted to do with whatever's happening in this window to just succeed. Also, I began to pray I need to hear from you, Lord. I need some prophetic understanding. Because like I said, I don't know where I'm going from week to week. This isn't a series that I can plan for. I either hear from God or it's not, you know, it doesn't work. I need to hear from you. That night, Holy Spirit gave me a very unique dream and a word that goes with it that connects to notable miracles. I was in a very large room with, I'm guessing, around 100 or so people. And there were all age groups. There were little kids there. There were teenagers there, young adults, middle-aged, and elderly. All age groups were in this room. This room was large enough in this dream that I could see each one that was in the room very clearly, individually. I could see them really plain. And I looked over and I saw a blind man standing there and he was holding a white cane, which they do to, to move around. He was just standing there and I knew he was blind because of the white cane. And I looked around, I saw some people that were obviously deaf because they were using their sign language. I saw some that had sores all over their body bad-looking sores, infected, and, and I knew that they just had some kind of skin disease, maybe skin cancer or something like that. But I saw people that were very, very sick, and those that were in like the last stages of some kind of deadly disease. And again, this was all ages, young all the way up. I saw some that obviously had had a stroke because they were paralyzed. They were dragging, dragging their leg or could not use their arm, something like that. And I knew that they were stroke victims. And I saw, I saw a few others. They were in wheelchairs. And uh, it was like I was in a sick ward with people experiencing all kinds of sickness, 
all kinds of diseases. And I could see them so clearly that I could see the hollow look. If, you see, if you're ever around someone that's really sick, you can see the hollow type look in their face. I could see the, the, the fear, the dread, the hopelessness. It was on their faces. They just looked so sick. And, and I, I remember in this dream, I was just feeling so bad for them, so sad for them. And in this dream, I thought, I need to get out of here because I don't want to, these people to see me cry. I was, I was affected emotionally, and I was tearing up because they were so sick. And I thought, they, I, don't, I don't want them to see me tear up. It's not about me. I need to get out of here. Uh, and at this point in the dream, somehow I knew I was to walk across from that room, walk across the hall to a room on the other side. When I walked into the room on the other side, it too was about the same size as the other room I just left, and it also had around 100 people in, in it of all ages again. But these people were completely different than the other room. These people were happy, they were, they were joyous, they were laughing. They were the absolute picture of health. Nothing wrong with them at all. They were filled with, with laughter and joy and they were, they were interacting, filled with energy, just filled with life. And obviously I noticed the contrast between the two rooms. I stood there for a moment, and a man walked up to me that I've never met before, but I knew who he was. I recognized him. He's in heaven now. His name is T.L. Osborne, and he was one of the famous evangelists that uh, moved in the healing and miracle ministry years ago. I've watched videos of great crusades that he had where, where wheelchairs, dozens of wheelchairs would, uh, would be left behind. I, I, I've heard him preach on, on some of those old reel-to-reel -reel things. I even, I remember getting hold of an album. That's how far I go back. Not a cassette, not a, uh, you know, reel-to-reel. -reel. We go back to albums and he was teaching on this album about miracles. Notable miracles happened by this man. Blind eyes would open. Sometimes over a dozen blind eyes would open in just one service. Cripples ran in his meetings. And he would have crusades of 100,000 or more people. And the altar area after a service, it would be littered with crutches with wheelchairs. It was incredible. Teal Osborne was also the speaker at the Full Gospel Businessmen's Meeting across the river uh, in Kentucky. Uh, he was the speaker the night that I decided I would give my life to, to Christ in full-time ministry. 
I'd gone there thinking about, am I called of God? You know, is there a call on my life? I don't know. I didn't feel any, any fire come on me. I didn't feel a light come out of heaven. And I'm wondering, do I go to Bible school? Do I not? And we, we went up and we heard T.L. Osborne. And uh, that night, for some reason, he got on the callings of the Lord. And he said, I, I never did know if I was called or not. <laughs> well, that helps a lot. He said, I, I, I don't know. He said, I just pressed in and I talked to God. And he said, I finally come to the conclusion, I can do what I can. And I'm going to go do what I can. That breathed life into me. I thought, I can do that. I can do what I can. And I decided I'll do what I can. And we sold our house. Rachel was two, maybe, I don't know. And we moved to Dallas, went to Bible school, determining I'll do what I can. Well, this is the man that appears to me now in a dream. And I haven't thought about him in years. He's been gone to heaven quite a while. Anyway, in this dream, he walks up to me and there is somebody with him. And he says to me, do you recognize this man? And I said, well, no, sir, I, I, I don't think I do. I don't know him. Then he he goes and he brings someone else over and he says, do you recognize you recognize them? And I said, no, Dr. Osborne, I, I don't recognize them. I, I don't think I know them. And uh, he just kept bringing people up and saying, do you know this one? Well, do you know this one? He kept bringing them, and I kept saying, no, I, I don't. I don't, think I've, I, I, I don't think I know them at all. And then he smiled at me real big, and you have to know, he was he had a smile. When he smiled, his whole face smiled. One of those people, his eyes smiled. He had a great smile. And he smiled real big at me and he said, I want you to look real close and see if you recognize them. So I did in this dream. I looked real close and I said, Dr. Osborne, I, I don't, I'm sorry, but I don't recognize them. And then he said to me, you were just in the room across the hall with these very same people. He said, this one is the one that had the sores all over him with part of his face uh, all eaten up. This is the one that you, you were in the other room with. This one, he was in the wheelchair against the wall. Remember? This one was the stroke victim. They, they, they couldn't move. They couldn't move their, their arm. These people, these people were the cancer, last stage cancer ones that were so weak, they, they couldn't hardly stand and some of them had to sit down. These are, these are the cancer victims. And then he said, this is the guy that was blind. Remember he had a white cane? Here are the here are the children that you saw that were so sick that they, they weren't playing. They were just almost immobile, hurt.
hurting and ill. These are the children that you, you saw, and I know now they're, they're running around. One after the other, he began to introduce me to these people so healthy, so transformed, that, that I didn't recognize they were the same ones I'd seen across the hall in desperate conditions. Then Dr. Osborne asked me a question. He says, do you know what, what room you, you are in? And I said, no, no, Dr. Osborne, I don't know. I just felt like getting out of that room. And I somehow felt like coming over to this one. And he smiled at me again, very big, like he does. And he said, well, this is the covenant room. And he pointed to, he pointed to a wall uh, over to the side. And on the wall was a portion of scripture that I recognized. It was 1 Peter 2.24, just the last line by whose stripes we were healed. I knew what the room was about. That was the dream. King Jesus is stepping to center stage with his ecclesia by his side to magnify magnificent his magnificent healing covenant. He went to the whipping post, taking stripes on his back, feeling the ripping tear of the cat of nine tails to purchase our healing, to purchase a covenant, a covenant right of healing. And Holy Spirit is saying to us, he's saying to the ecclesia, he is certainly saying to this ecclesia, press into it. Press into the supernatural realm. Move into days ordained to release covenant miracles. Covenant healings, notable healings. Release them, believe, believe me for them. We are to move into supernatural realms of healing and miracles. We are going to see people so sick, but so transformed, we're not going to recognize them. We will see people so diseased, so healed by the power of God, that we're going to say, I don't really know who this person is. They're so transformed. I don't even recognize them. I believe Holy Spirit is saying, believe me, wheelchairs will be left at your altar again. Crippled ones will leave their crutches behind at your altar Notable seasons, notable miracles are in season. Press, press for them, Ecclesia. You got to press for them. You got to believe for them. 
Fight for them. Believe for them. Oh, yeah, I believe lost limbs are going to grow out. They're starting, it's starting to happen. I've seen some on video. Amazing. But I believe it's going to accelerate. I, will, I believe the creative ability of God is coming into his ecclesias. The notable healing power, creative power of God is going to grow limbs, grow body parts. I believe it. I know he can do it. And I believe he's saying, would you believe me for, would somebody dare believe me for this? The greatest days of healings and notable miracles is now coming. And everyone in town, everyone in a nation is going to be forced to acknowledge only God could do that. Only God could do that. And this is going to spark, I believe, the greatest harvest of souls ever in church history. They're going to run when they see the power of God. They're going to run to His saving grace. It's time. It's accelerating right now. It's coming into our midst. God never lies. I believe that some of the greatest miracles in all of history are about to be seen on this planet, getting the attention of the world to where agnostics, atheists, all stripes are going to have to say, Almighty God did that. And I cannot deny it. And I declare in this place, through this ecclesia, there will be notable acts of God. God acts in our midst. That this region, our world, is going to have to say, God did that, and we cannot deny it. Singers and musicians, would you come, please? I told you last week that, I, that we would be praying for the sick today, praying for any need today, and, it, and to invite people if you knew someone. I'm going to begin to press very hard into this, this supernatural realm these next few weeks because I feel like this is what the Holy Spirit is saying. And I'm asking you, press with me. Let's believe for the greatest miracles that, that has ever been seen in the kingdom of God. Can't cripples run through this place? Can cancer victims that look so sick be so transformed we don't even recognize them? Yes. God is wanting to do that. Would you stand, please? If you have a need today you would like prayer about, would you come to the altars? We're going to begin to lay hands on you. That's what the scripture says to do. And as we worship during this time,
please, you can worship and energize your faith as we're praying. Believe for miracles. You may not know why someone came forward. You don't have to. Just believe. God's going to change their lives. Some of you are going to be transformed. Not because I say so, but because Holy Spirit says so. If we believe, stretch your faith with mine. No doubt we'll be praying for people in just a moment that have incurable disease. Incurable situations in the natural. But God can handle that. God can take care of it. Believe with me today. Whatever you do to stretch your faith, to put yourself in that faith position, put yourself there. Allow yourself to be burdened for people that are hurting. Pray. Pray. Holy Spirit, we have delivered the challenge that you are giving to us. And today we press forward into this time. We will be believing you, Lord. There's nothing at these altars you can't handle. Nothing. There's nothing you can't do. Do creative miracles. Do transformative miracles. Change. Change hearts. Change spirits. Change bodies. Change minds. Change organs. Do. Supernaturally do what you promised. Do it in this realm, Lord. We enter into it in Jesus' name.